0: And Bowles Hildreth, and he gets to the run away through the onside. And Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup.
1: Welcome along to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. After four days of the Bob Willis Trophy final, we are still. No closer to deciding where this brand new trophy for this 2020 season will be headed. Somerset have closed on 227 for seven. That's a lead of 191. It was all looking serene at 155 for one. We were on course to finish the day with a lead of 300. But Tom Abel chipped to uh, square leg for 15. Then Eddie Byram, who looked uh, miserably out of sorts, uh, went for a a tortuous one off uh, about 28 balls. And then we lost uh, three for two to take us to uh, 188 for six, I think that was. Um, George Bartlett, uh, Tom Lamonby and Lewis Gregory all going uh, all going in quick succession. But Davis and Craig Overton put on a partnership of 36 to take us to 224 for seven. And then we added three more ones before the close. But the star of the day, without a doubt, was Tom Lamonby who made his third first class 100. He made 116, had a good lick. And uh, along with uh, Ben Green, who also showed some promise in his innings of 41, put us on, uh, we were looking uh, on course of 300, as I say, but uh, gents, the last session bore wickets yet again.
2: The last session was under floodlights yet again. We've had the worst of the conditions yet again. And I know that might sound a bit bitter and twisted, but it's just, they batted in sunshine virtually the whole time. And then we go in, we have a session where it's nice and we score 150-odd for one, and then the conditions turn. So the conditions, which apparently are forecast to be like that tomorrow, but we've still got a chance. But it is going to be a superhuman effort, especially if we haven't got Jack Brooks tomorrow.
3: (coughs) Yeah, uh, I'm looking ahead at the conditions for tomorrow as well, which is giving me some encouragement. But we obviously need to bat for, you know, up to an hour maybe hope maybe less it's, it's difficult to tell because they've got a bit of a a dilemma as to exactly when to declare unless we're obviously bowled out because we've got to make sure that you know we've got to be aggressive but we also got to make sure that it's it's a high enough target that we then have enough overs to bowl at them because if we set them 200 um then they may have may have got it by t or just after t and then you know we won't have had enough time to bowl at them effectively so we need to ideally get a few more runs so, just so that we have enough overs at them um, do you
2: not do you not
3: think though that they're probably not going to go for it it's you know, they'll they'll probably just bat naturally you know i think that's mm-hmm. that's what good teams would do in this, in the face of you know a draw being fine i think they'll just bat and see how they go
1: yeah it's one of those i don't that,
3: think they're...
1: it's one of those that like you say 220 at a natural tempo of uh, you know 191. so let's say we bat for 5 overs all things being equal get a 220 lead that's going to leave I take over two for the changeover, eighty-three overs. So if you bat naturally, you should get that anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. Think, so it, it's got to be a bit of a balance in that. We've only got three wickets in the hutch still. So yes. um they were saying on the on the live stream that I'll oh, just go out there, swing the bat, and you'll score eight and over. It doesn't quite work like that. No. People can bowl well at you, and you can lose wickets. So yeah, um, least in that
3: last session, the bowling conditions, you know, it seems. You know, better for bowling. So really interesting. Uh-huh. I was
2: for all kinds of boring technical reasons was listening, didn't couldn't watch the stream today. So I was listening to Gibbo and the Essex number four in the series of four different commentators <laughs> for BBC Essex. Uh, the guy spent most of the time this afternoon talking about the rain coming. <laughs> And it was a really <laughs> interesting insight on the Essex mindset. Uh, you know, oh, well, they're only going to play for 10 minutes after lunch and then the rain's going to set in. Oh, they're only going to play for 20 minutes after tea and then it's going to absolutely lash it down. Oh, the light's getting really bad there and we should be off. Yeah. And I thought that was quite interesting that they don't appear as last season, which is well chronicled and my views on that are well known. They don't seem to want the fight. This is deja
1: uh, vu, isn't it? We are, we yep. are going into the last day of the season, slightly behind, having to uh, having to bowl Essex out to win uh, <laughs> to win a trophy. The difference is we only used to bowl him out
3: once this time. It was twice yes. in a day last year, was
1: not it? If it hadn't rained, we yeah. probably would have bowled him out twice in a day last year. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. it was, uh well we we might have I, done if uh, if everybody's favourite umpire had given <laughs> Alice to Cook out LBW Jack Leach when he was absolutely stone dead, but I'm not bitter about that and I'm not gonna talk about it again. Um uh, that'll be the topic of next week's podcast is uh, Alex Wolfe not giving Jack Lee uh, not giving Alistair Cook out LBW to Jack Leach.
2: Well well while, while we're talking about Alistair Cook, then Dan prompted this with a tweet this morning <laughs> and then I sort of took up the challenge. So Dan listed out the scores that Sir Alistair's made against Somerset since they came back up into division one in twenty seventeen. Yeah. So I I eliminated the white ball games. <laughs> And he has scored 643 out of 2013 runs that Essex have scored in red ball against us in that time. That's 32%. Mm,
3: that's a lot. That,
2: now, I then mm-hmm. I then did some quick calculations, mm-hmm. saying, well, if you say you expect your top seven to get 80% of the runs, and then you divide that equally, that's 11% per batsman, roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah but listen to this if you then look at 2017 and this game it's 382 out of 922 41.4 percent get to cook early tomorrow and i think their mindset could really change
3: yeah it's the big big thing tomorrow yeah Mm. getting cook early
1: yeah definitely one thing that did um did look in Somerset's favour uh, this evening is that Harmer was getting a few to, to bite, getting a few to turn and mm. bounce um, and that you can't, you can't say that was the lights um, so yeah. Jack, Leach, Jack Leach would have probably just leant forward a little bit in his chair on the balcony there and uh, that would have given him a little bit of hope for tomorrow and, and, and us a little bit of hope for tomorrow as well because we've just been waiting for this pitch to start doing a bit and now it has.
3: The one, Davis to get Davis you know that was full and it was sort of in front of his pad and yet Davis still managed to to slip so that must have turned a fair bit between bouncing and hitting his bat to go to slip so that's that kind of thing is going to encourage Leach and I had a look at Essex's lineup four of them are left-handers so that's Cook, Brown, Walter and Beard so the other seven are right-handers and that's obviously you know preferable for Leach so obviously we once we're through the openers, hopefully early on you know most of the rest of the lineup is right-handers and that's what Leach likes to bowl at.
2: You, Ian, you yeah. said when we did the preview um, that it was going to be you sort of mapped out the game, and it was going to be you. I think you said it's going to be a typical Somerset four-day game, and we're now looking at the scenario, which is the typical Somerset four-day game. We don't think we've got enough; we are just the tail <laughs> left. We scrape together enough with the tail. You can see Jack Brooks coming out with one hand and somehow getting twenty, can't you? Oh yeah. And yeah. then and then we do like we've done so often and bowl the oppo out. You know, I still think it's a huge ask. I think I've just written in my blog post that I think it would be an absolutely exceptional day in the history of this amazing club we support. But it's it's a big ask. But, you know, when those wickets were tumbling four o'clock-ish, it didn't look like we were going to even have a sniff mm. of this, did it?
1: No, absolutely. Um, Shall we talk about Tom Lamanby? Again, he's he's just played an incredible innings, 116, and he was just so busy he just kept the board. Uh, he kept the board going. Um, he wasn't afraid to use his feet, get down the pitch to Harmer, take him on. Yep. Um, he just continues to amaze.
2: And again, from from listening and, and trusting other people's eyes, but it yep. seemed that he was hitting the gaps with his aggressive shots. Where early on, Ben Green. Wasn't And that was the difference and why he got away so quickly after lunch. But I like, I think he's a bit like these famous pole vaulters of the past that he's just beating his record just by a few. You know, the thing when, what was his name? Sergei Budka used to beat the world record by 0.1 of a centimetre or whatever it was. And and Lamanby's raised his highest score, but just by a few, hasn't he, in each of the last three games now. So yeah, just superb, superb. And I think he's got... There's a bit of the Gower about him, the young Gower. Mm-hmm. He's very elegant. You know, I was saying yesterday, I, I don't really enjoy watching Sir Cook bat. I really like watching Tom Lamond be bat. I think it's a, you know, one day or four day. It's just a beautiful thing to say. And, and long may it continue.
3: Yeah, and he's got a lot of gear as well, hasn't he? You know, today he scored, what, 160 of 151 balls, strike rate of six, 76. But against Worcester, obviously he had to be slower. It was, diff- you know, a slower pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, he's strike bit of 48. There's a strike bit of 62 in the innings against Gloucestershire. He can also go, you know, mega quick in the T20s, as he's shown. So, you know, he's really got all the skills to be an all-round batsman in, in all formats. So it's early early days, obviously, so we don't want to talk about too much. But, yeah. so we give him the new
1: go. ball tomorrow? Why not? <laughs> when, when it's your day, it's your day. Just do it. Book LBW
2: Lamm and b naught. Yep, do it.
1: Cool. And the thing that impresses me, you said he had all the gears Dad. What impresses me about Lammers is he knows which gear to be in at any particular time.
3: Oh, yeah. Today was the perfect scoring speed, I think, yeah, because, you know, we don't want to go too hard or too slow. It was You've got to bang on, really, yeah.
2: The shame of it was that they were down to Harmer and Porter really being able to bowl in that period, and Porter bowled superbly by the sound of it in that period. Yeah, did. You know, Beard had got got the wicket and then gone for seven and over, yeah, and Cook had had a long bowl and Harmer hadn't had any joy at that point and it was I was when Bartlett came in and the two of them and again talking about Lamanby's gears he throttled right back didn't he to try and bat through yeah. and it was just a shame you know if we could have seen off another three or four overs I think the game would have been ours at that point but the twists and turns of red ball cricket
1: yeah just to show the um the reliance on those three porter 19 overs uh cook 15.5 overs that was when they went off the bad light harmer 28 and then just four for for beard and, and one for walter
2: and, and again i'm gonna i'm nicking a stat off of anthony gibson and what's it when you play gibbo bingo he always mentions eli's at hewish episcopy and steve pittard but apparently <laughs> steve pittard came up that in the games they've played together Porter and Harmer averaged 9.7 wickets a game <laughs> and it, just to give that context <laughs> Grath and Warn for Australia 9.62 so they are a mm-hmm. three man side they really are yeah, I, mean, I
3: think that was exacerbated today. Yeah, they are almost a parody of themselves today. With yes. you know, Porter Cook and Harmer bowling practically all their overs. Beard just bowling four. Walter bowling one. And that was it. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. And Porter and Harmer and Cook have taken most of their wickets in this game.
1: So. Should we talk about George Bartlett and and the shot that he played? It's not the first time that um, he's batted for a long time, got himself into a bit of a rut, and then played a daft shot and got out. Um, setting innings against Worcester he batted for a long time with, uh, with Lammers and then tried to whip a straight one through leg was LBW, he did a similar thing in the first innings of this game and then today he was caught at mid on having a big wahoo against Porter um, do we think, we talked about Lammers being busy and hitting the gaps, is that something that George needs to work on?
2: No, no, I I rate him incredibly highly, and I think he's a real talent. He's maybe he's he's come th- through, and we're now expecting him to be a stalwart almost in the side, and he's still very young in relative terms. So <laughs> you know it, you're going to get this with young players. We saw that in the T20s. This yeah. inconsistency. Um, he, he's just such a beautiful batsman. You, you imagine that if you watched all these players of the the golden age that we hear about he he'd be like them uh and i just i just think he's intelligent enough to play his natural game i actually think if he was allowed to play a bit more 2020 it might benefit his red ball cricket
3: yeah he's, he's just in a bit of a bad run at the moment he had against worcestershire 18 or 35 okay then second innings two or 41 you know can get going first innings of this match 12 from 47 and, you know, second innings, five off 21, you know, today he's looked a bit scratchy. He's, you know, it's just a, maybe a bit of a bad run of form and, you know, it happens to young players, but we know he's talented. He's got, mm-hmm. well, four centuries for us now. So he's one of the my He's
2: my, my number four, number five inked in for as long as he wants to be number four, number five. And that that's, you know, I, I don't want any deviation from that, I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I I'm probably as much a fan of George Bartlett as you are of uh, Eddie Byron.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bartlett one for a few. He for, yeah, he, he despite a current short-term bad form, he is a long-term Somerset player for sure. Yeah.
2: And I think there's something really important to say here that they do make you proud. They do make you really love being Somerset supporters. You know, all of them. Ben Green today, I thought good on him. He batted really well. You, you know, you want to see them do well. Uh, and, I know we're biased, but there isn't a lot to love in the Essex side, is there? You know, there in a lot to love in that lot from Bristol's side. But, <laughs> you know, Tom Abel is moulding a really, really good outfit here. Really good.
1: Should we talk about. I uh, <clears throat> oh, don't know what happened there. Uh, Should we talk about Nice Guy Eddie today? He was another one that didn't quite get going, did he? Um, yeah. Played on for one, uh, facing 28 balls. Again, it was. It, it looked to me like he was almost trying to bat a little bit too cautiously today. First mm. thing is he came out, um, trusted himself to play his natural game. And today, I don't know if the pressure just got to him a little bit. He just maybe hung back a yeah. bit. But um, yeah. to play a... Yeah, the bowling
3: one well at that point as well. Um, yeah. He, he came in at a tough
2: time, didn't he? Just before mm. tea.
3: Yeah.
2: As well. So it happens. It happens. You know, that's why you have six, seven batsmen in your side because one or two are always going to get low score unless it's sure Alistair Cook against Somerset of course but most people are going to get low scores and the rest
1: of them always get low scores yeah yeah right Um, I don't know how well you guys are going to sleep tonight I'm probably going to have a sleepless night Um, Mm -hmm. the weather is set fair I've had
2: two I've (laughs) had two so I'm going for the hat trick.
1: So you reckon the weather is set fair, but a bit gloomy for tomorrow, Dan. Is that what you've seen? I
3: think so, yeah. Um, the worry is obviously bad light. I, I mean, I'm sure we'll be fine in the day, considering they've got floodlights. lights. I doubt during the daytime it will go off. But it's just, if we're, we've are we got them eight or nine down perhaps, mm. and it's sort of 5.30, 6, and it's getting a bit gloomy, like that's when we start worrying, you know. So hopefully... Cause that's another consideration as well for the declaration you know we 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 don't want to be you know as i said we yeah. don't want to be in that situation where we're we're racing the bad light effectively because you know that would just be hot breaking on it if we're if we have them eight or nine down they go for the bad light and don't return you know so yeah. It's a But yeah bbc weather says yeah, you know, it's got a black cloud symbol the entire day. Thick cloud and a moderate breeze apparently. Fifteen degrees, so, okay, good, so good for bowling. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I think bowling, it's better yeah. for
2: bowling than yesterday was.
3: Yeah. yeah. So the first time Essex will be batting. You know, uh, uh, you know, the first time we'll probably have the better the conditions really for a long period. Um, oh, let's absolutely. hope so. Absolutely.
1: One thing that I w- I really hope or wish we had in our team is just somebody to bowl a little bit of part time off spin, because there were footmarks now on on both sides of the wicket from us going around the wicket so much to to Alistair Cook and obviously the guys going over the wicket to the right handers. Um yeah, just some and like I say it would play into that bad light thing as well if we had Leech on one end and Just whoever chucking up some George Bartlett bowled a little bit
3: of off spin. There's that famous, infamous ball a few years ago (laughs) being over the Hampshire batsman's head. But no, it also does. He's bowled a bit for the seconds in the past. I don't think that ball is reflective of his bowling. But yeah, if if Bartlett's bowling, we'll probably be a bit
1: worried. Yeah, well, let's hope it it doesn't come to that. But yeah, let's hope Leach Leach uses those footmarks outside the left handers off stump. Get rid of uh, Sir Alistair pretty quick, smart. And then uh, if our theory's right, the rest of them should fall like dominoes. (laughs) <laughs> cool. So. Right. Uh, let's get some uh, night nurse inside us uh, get us off the bed nice and uh, nice and quietly and serenely tonight or or we're going to toss and turn just thinking about all the various scenarios that could uh play out for the final day of this bob willis trophy final gents um anything else to say about today's play before we uh before we call it a night
2: uh, i think i'm done thank
3: you i think that's it thanks yep cool. great stuff <laughs>
1: Right, uh, well, best of luck to to the guys for the final day of um, uh, this slightly strange and incredible first-class season. Day five of the Bob Willis Trophy. Uh, Somerset are 191 ahead with three second-innings wickets in the shed. Uh, for Steve Tancock and Dan Kingdom, I'm Ian Shepherd. Best of luck again to Somerset, and we will catch you win, lose or draw tomorrow night.
0: Tom, the lead is 191. How good a lead is that, do you think?
4: Oh look, definitely, definitely gives us a, a chance tomorrow. Um, on a day where we're looking for a result, um, having seeing the likes of Harmer, Porter, um, and Cook, the way they bowled today, uh, it's really hopeful for us on that tri- on that wicket, which is getting trickier by e- each over. So, um, definitely gives us hope for going into tomorrow.
0: Well played today yourself. Third first-class hundred in 11 innings uh, this season. Was that your best one?
4: I oh, look. I'd, I'm not too sure I'll, I'll hopefully have a sit down at the end of the year and um, reflect on how how this this season's gone for me but um look, i just enjoyed being out there today and had a bit of fun um rode my luck a little bit um at times but uh, look just had fun and things kind of just happened from there
0: well you actually had to score at a decent rate didn't you today when you went out there because you needed to to set uh, essex a, a target and then perhaps out and, and then bowl them out, of course. So, did you enjoy having that additional pressure to have to score runs?
4: Ah, oh, look, I don't think I don't think it was a, a set mindset. I think we went out there and uh, as, a, as a team and as a batting unit, we we always look to take take the attacking option. Um, we never want to let the bowlers be able to just bowl at us. So, to go out there and almost put a bit of pressure on the bowlers um, was quite nice. Um, I'm not sure if the game dictated the way I played or the way we played, but um, it was certainly nice to. to yeah, get a few and get going.
0: As I said, there that's three first-class hundreds for you in your first eleven innings, which is a staggering uh, rate, really. How have you been able to adapt to, to four-day first-class cricket so quickly?
4: Oh, look, I think uh, first of all, I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. It's it's only as you say, eleven eleven innings in so far. So um, just trying to improve each day and uh, look to take positives but also learn on the mistakes I've already made, um, so it's been nice. I know I, I didn't struggle but had a few low scores early on so um, it's always nice to almost feel like a part of the team, um, being able to contribute and hopefully um, be able to win games for, for Somerset.
0: Talk us through your opening experience as well because I understand you haven't actually done that much of it yeah. up until this season and how have you found adapting to that?
4: Yeah no, de- definitely very tricky but I think uh, the way coaches or players, obviously having Trez in, in the coaching staff and other coaches like Greg Kennis um, have made it really not easy but have helped the transition. Um, obviously as you said i have more of a three or four <laughs> up to now but opening um, opening's going okay at the moment so we'll see, we'll see what, what happens in the future. Do
0: you feel like a fully fledged opener now?
4: Oh, no definitely not, I think <laughs> uh, we'll keep, keep taking it each game as it comes.
0: Right tomorrow then, obviously you've still got three wickets in hand, how many would you like, ideally?
4: Look, I think whatever score we get, as um, like I said, we, we've got one more day of cricket left, we'll, we'll be, everyone will be 100% uh, willing to give everything to defend what we score. Um, ideally, if we can push over 200, 225, um, then I think we're definitely in with a chance, especially seeing the, the conditions and the deterioration of the pitch. So, um, yeah, we'll just look to hopefully add a few more in the morning and then have a right good go um, with the ball
0: but well, he spent a lot of time out there with the back then. So, so what do you think of the pitch then? Is there still, is there something in it for your bowlers, both the seamers and the spinner?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think the way we saw Harmer and Porter this evening, def- the pitch definitely still has a bit of nip in it and a bit something to offer for the seamers, but also um, a lot of spin in there as well. So hopefully we can use that um, to our advantage um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Fantastically well batted today. We we all really enjoyed it. Thank you. We all sleep very well tonight.
4: (laughs) Thank you very much. Cheers.